Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Good morning. Still four minutes till the afternoon. A-list people. This is A-list tier. When you come to the guest reception, you see if you're in, your name is on it because that's how heaven thinks and that's how heaven talks. There is no B-list. There's definitely no C-list. There's only A-list people that God is going after. So you do truly belong. This whole series has been about being free to be forever me, but really we're free when we see the identity of God. His nature is good. It's beautiful. And the fact that he allows us to be in fellowship with him through Jesus is radical. It's a game changer. And what sometimes I think the temptation when you hear, okay, they're in a series at a church. Well, I missed some weeks. Am I going to be able to kind of jump in? Absolutely. Every sermon stands alone. And if you've been a part of this, hopefully it's been some synergistic effect. But I believe that today you can enter in um, and hear even some language of me saying, oh, we said that last week. But it, it absolutely applies for us today. Now, today we're going to uh, take some time at the end to have a a portion where we're going to stop and pause and receive identity phrases and words from God himself. I want us to get adventurous that the world has nothing on experiencing God, right? People are like, okay, come to the club, come to Disney, come to Cedar Point. I'm like, when we spend time with God, it's better than life. And then maybe you've thought that you had to spend time with God, so you never thought it was better than life. It was like a chore list. Here's what you have to do, and here's how God's excited with you, when really you recognize that he loves you because he loves you, and he's chasing you, and he forgives you, and he makes you brand new in spite of all your filthiness and wickedness, and you're like, oh, okay, I'm in. And as we have that type of activation that takes place with us, we're never the same. So at the end of today, we're going to pause for 15 minutes. Everyone's got a sheet of paper, and if you don't got one, raise your hand because we're going to hand out one. You don't got some, so get these sheet of paper to people's hands and a pen. And we're going to just ask God questions. I am, I, I'm daring enough to believe that God can speak anywhere, anytime, any place, and he's also, get this one, speaking all the time. One person said, if you're really willing to listen, he'll never leave you alone. And here's the scary part but a beautiful part. He really will never leave you alone. (laughs) That means when you like let him in, you can run, but you can't hide. You'll never be normal. And it's okay. You'll never be normal. Why do I fit in? Why am I always the one that gets in trouble? Why do I feel bad? They don't feel bad. Why am I called to help these people? Why am I the first to forgive? Good news. God's got you. He's got his hook in you. You can run, but you can't hide. And that's okay. He's forever known you. And we have forever worth. We're going to play a little game kick this off. And this game is The Price is Right. Now, anybody know that game? As a kid, I remember in the summers, um, I'm not proud of this. So if you're in your summer as a kid, I think we should maximize our potential in the summer. Not think of how we can maximize our laziness in the summer, but our potential of what we're capable of should happen. But disclaimer, what didn't happen for me was, was just that. I chilled, did nothing. Um, summers were sports, video games, and whatever TV show was on. And so I knew TV shows. And even if I didn't like it, you start to kind of get this weird 
friendship with, one of which was the Price is Right. Bob Barker, now it's Drew Carey. And Price is Right is a unique culture where people come into the setting and they act pretty strange in the crowd. And then especially when they, they actually get picked from the crowd, they, they dance and they'll do things. They'll be so excited to be a part of the Price is Right. And then they have this moment where the contestants will see a picture of, or, or, or an item that that they can bid on and say how much it's worth. And the closest person to that uh, without going over will then be the contestant that's in the show. So if you've never seen it, now you get an idea. So we're going to play The Price is Right. First up, we have a Samsung front load washer with ad wash that it holds five cubic feet of laundry. This is not just any stainless steel. This is black stainless steel. Now, the question is this. How much does this item cost? Think of that item in your head. You can write that item down on your sheet. Wherever you're at, write that thing down. Let's think about it. Get that number, get that number, get that number. You think too hard, you can't go over. Okay, well, here's where we're at. And that number originally is $13.99.99, but savings, uh, it is a grand total of $1,049.96. Did we have anybody that was within 50? Within 50, within 50. Anybody else? You were within 50. 50, 50? Okay, we're honest. Okay, what about within 30? Within 30. Was anybody within 30? Within 30? Within 30. Okay, within 40. Was anybody within 40? So we picked 1,000, just like the first service. 1,000, is that what you picked? 1,099? Okay, so, okay, anyone else? Uh, what, what, what number did you pick over here? What was it? What number did you pick? Hey, you, you lost. <laughs> what, what number here? There was somebody else. Where was the other hand raised? We got... Far side. Far side. You picked 1,000? You lost. What else did we pick? Anything else? 1,099, our winner. Give it up for Carla. Yeah, you won nothing. <laughs> Okay, we got one more. This is home of GM country, right? We have a Tahoe here, LS package. This is the 2018 Tahoe. It features the uh, Ecotech third edition V8 engine. It's the five-point liter. It has the Chevrolet MyLink with eight-inch digital color touch screen, the rear vision camera, not to be confused with the front vision camera. It has 18-inch aluminum wheels. This, my friends, somebody should know the price of this one. It's cool. We had a GM supervisor at the first service. He got it wrong. He was like, well, where'd you get that price? GM.com. But uh, <laughs> it's cool. This is a grand total of $48,290. Was anybody within 50 for this? Within 100? Within 200? All right, 500. Within 1,000? 1,000? Oh, 1,000? Okay, uh, uh, what'd you have? You're confused. Yep, math. This is good. What about we? What was your number? You're done too. All right. What, Miranda, what was your number? You guys all lost. Give it up for yourselves. <laughs> oh, man, this is good. Now, it's a silly illustration to lead us to an equation of how a transaction, a sales transaction takes place. Now, a sales transaction to take place, perceived value has to exceed the asking price. When we perceive something is worth the value that somebody's asking, we will then pay that amount, pending we have the money. And so when a perceived value exceeds, then the transaction takes place if the asking price is lower than what, how we see it, okay? And as we see it, well, who determines what the price was initially? The owner. And the owner will determine it based on market research, maybe other comps, other comparables, how they're 
coming and entering into that, uh, this sphere to, to, gain, to gain business and market share. And that's how the price is determined. But, but how the, the payments determined is, is if somebody has the amount. And, you, and you're smart, so you get where I'm going with this. What's the price God puts on you? And what's the value he puts on you? And what's the asking price? The asking price was a lot, actually. It had to be a sacrifice, a blameless one at that. It had to be so perfect and so pure that it could not only wash our sins of yesterday, but our sins of today, but also our sins of tomorrow. Well, who could be so good? Well, the asking price was only God himself. So he sends his son, his firstborn son, Jesus. That's where John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only, only, only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So how do we purchase what God has already paid for in his son so he shows the value of us big time? We purchase it through faith. We recognize our state and our condition before a perfect God, and we say, okay, I can't. God, take my life. Take my mess. And he makes us brand new. And that's the beauty of the good news, the gospel. The perceived value of us was worth Jesus. And see, Jesus just didn't die. I want us to get this for a minute. People, okay, Jesus died on the cross. Yeah, yeah, he died on the cross for sure. But so did other people. Jesus took the punishment, the judgment for all sin of all time. Think for a minute the worst evil you can envision. Is it things like genocide? Is it slavery? Is it the Holocaust? Is it wars? Is it child abuse? What is the worst things you can think? And think of the judgment, the, the penalty, the justice for that that should take place. And, and then think Jesus standing in the gap and God pouring out the wrath and Jesus being the sacrifice the payment and, and taking the place of our sins and all of our guilt and all of our wickedness. And that's where he's like, man, wow, Father, why have you forsaken me? It's because that's the first moment he wasn't with God, but he was able to endure it because he was a perfect sacrifice. And then now he lives and reigns and he's left this whole gig to us because he left us his spirit and he knew it would be better. And so this sale, friends, it's free, but it wasn't free. Amen. And it's worth everything. So why do we look so timid around God and in the house of God? And we tiptoe around in the house of God, and, and we, we kind of put the banner on it, oh, I'm just being holy. I have an all-white room and the white couch with the plastic that no one could sit on. And, and that's fun, because maybe you didn't have a lot, and that's your way of saying, this is a statement. We ain't going to ruin this one room. You know, those are fun. Somebody knows because their grandma does that, and you might do that, and, and that's completely fine. We don't do that. One, we don't have enough space, okay? We might have a, we, the only thing we could do in our size with our many kids is we could have maybe a, 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 a board that is holy, right, that we could put, like, plastic on and keep it, you know, one wood board on my wood floor that in several years we could just take it off and be like, look at what it was, <laughs> right? And so that one perfect room. And, and, but we take this mindset into with God all the time. We do. We're tiptoeing. And, and sometimes we're tiptoeing because we know we've done some stuff. And we don't want to really want to tell him as if he doesn't know. God, don't check this door. He's, what? 
And he's such a gentleman. He knocks. He comes in. He, he, he's willing. He'll even talk about, hey, what's in there? Oh, nothing I want you to see. You sure? I think I can clean it. No, no. If you just open the door, I can do a work. And um, he's awesome like that. And so we don't, then in those moments, he doesn't tiptoe around us. He, he's actually just gentle. And then he comes in lavishly with his love, radically. And we, 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 we let him, uh, but here's what he says. When he says, come here and come, we need to just go boldly. When he says, you can roam in this house, this is your home, then, you, then we need to take that. When he says, you're worth so much that I gave my son, we need to start believing that. And when he says, you're so valuable that when we cried out, man, we, we saw the heavens before they were created, that Jesus would come and he would be the substitute for us, that that is worth something, that we're free. You know what the, uh, the gospel does? It slaps uh, every world system in the face. It slaps every earn this to get this in the face. The gospel is the biggest slap in the face to everything we've ever heard. It is. And it's so cool. It is the Chuck Norris. You know how Chuck Norris has invented everything? Man, Jesus invented Chuck Norris. And that's how it works. Check this out in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Now, if we know anything about Jeremiah, here's what Jeremiah's life was like. You could think that this introduction would come with a whole bunch of highlight reels afterwards. Well, he's sent by God. God knew him before he was even born. God gave him a mission to accomplish things. So it must only mean that Jeremiah was doing some epic thing. How many soldiers did he kill? I mean, how many battles did he win? And how many ground did he take? What did, what did he do? Tell me, tell me. Actually, he was a prophet um, known as the weeping prophet that was meant to go to the people of Israel and tell them that they've been living far from God and worshiping idols and, and tell them this bold uh, statement that destruction was coming unless they turn and... God told them that they won't even receive it because that's how hard their hearts are. And so Jeremiah then goes and lives his life, finds himself in prison, taken by the Babylonians, and he's weeping and crying and crying out, what in the world, God, this is not always fun. And the point is that being known by God didn't always result in success in the way we would look at it externally. In fact, it meant that Jeremiah was rejected his whole life. Now, this is not an introduction to say, okay, let's sign up for intentional suffering and let's sign up for intentional rejection, okay? But there, this is to think of the truth that if God is so good and he's so beautiful, why would he send one of his own messengers to live a life of rejection? Why would he do that? It's as if his win was bigger than just the present, though. It's as if there was, as if the pain we're facing this week in our lives, as if there's a bigger win, that the hurt, the rejection, as if there's something bigger going on. And I just wonder, I was marinating on this on the way here today, and I was thinking, I, God was speaking identity because at the end of the day, Jeremiah would not be able to hang his hat on any accolades of things that were happening. He would not be able to say, oh, yeah, I remember the one time they all paid this, listen, we won that one. 
Or Elijah could say, man, you remember when fire was coming down and all the prophets were, were ate up and, you know, and, P- and Peter could say, we walked on water. Yeah, Jesus raised the person from the dead. Like he, you know, and, and Jeremiah's in the, those moments. Yeah, they rejected me. They didn't listen. But yet he could go back, okay? We all have this, these friendships. If you think back way back in the day. Well, uh, yeah, we've, we go way back. You have some of those? We go way back. I think about when I first got on Facebook, some people started requesting me from Pinckney, where I lived in this village till I was eight. And that's where my family lives, where everybody lived. And, and, uh, and that was like a part of my life for, for that particular period in time. And then people, as I'm in my 20s, out Facebook me, I remember this, and, and brought back all these emotions and feelings from second grade, third grade. Oh, I remember you, you know? And we're thinking of those moments. And, and sometimes, and here's where, we, here's, here's where we're at with this. Sometimes we think back to these moments. Some of them are filled with radical pain. Some of them are filled with great times. But I think the point here is that we could go even back further to to when God really formed us and how he knew us. Now, we can't just gloss over this real quick because you could say, okay, that's a bold statement. He formed us in the womb and knew us. Wait, before we were born, he consecrated us? Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. That, you know, our mom brought us in this world, and they joke around that they could take us out. But really, and when we say, these are my kids, but truthfully, we just played a part in what God was doing. He just let us be active participants because he's the one who provided the whole thing. And he knew us before we were even in the womb. He set you apart before you were even in the womb. And then we could say, well, okay, so when is life conceived? And this, that now brings up the topic of abortion, which the topic of abortion is super lit. Someone's already at the edge of their seat. And, and I would just say this. God for sure um, is the God of pre-womb, for sure. But at the same time, people have committed uh, or had, had an abortion and, 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 and had in this room, more than likely, and God's grace and mercy meets us that if we, we just recognize, like, there's nothing that we can't do. Um, and a lot of times we do these things in our ignorance and even knowledgeable ignorance. And, and, and so there's grace there. So I would just say that God is not done with you, but there is a, there's a reverence there of, of life, just period. Now, there's a debate of, of what about an abortion that happens a particular way or can see. And, and I would say we should always have the conversation. I think Christians are way too belligerent for the record, for sure, of just what we believe, you know. Well, I'm against, I'm for it, you know. It's like, you're going to listen to me. It's like, whoa, dude. Like, the only thing we for sure know that we are really about is that Jesus loves people and he finds them in their messy, sinful state. And if we are really uh, pro-life, then maybe we're just, maybe we're found more at the adoption um, uh, clinics than we are at the abortion clinics, you know, if we're really going to get this thing right. And so I would just say the conversation is meant to be had and, and we're allowed to have opinions, right? We are. We are. But it doesn't change the, the reality that, that the biblical perspective of, of God in the origin here is that he knew us and he knows us. And this is really, really neat. It's profound. And consecration means this. He sets you apart. It means you're like holy to him. There isn't just B-list and trash to him. These are my prized possessions, the very nature of God himself, that every single person is made in the image of God. We have never looked into the eyes of somebody who doesn't matter to God. Period. 
That's neat. And so consecrate means he consecrated us. And then you think he appointed Jeremiah, which means, okay, I got a job for you. You have an assignment and you're going to be a prophet and you're going to go in my name. You're going to tell the nations all about me. This is really, really neat. And I like that the appointment comes last because it, 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 it really shows that the identity of who we are is whose we are was first. It really, it's even before the doctors announce life, that God knew you before you were even in the womb. It's really neat. In fact, in Ephesians, it talks about then how we access with God. It says, that's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. The kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. With as much to the right of the name of Christian as anyone, God is building a home. Because the story continues that the children of Israel that thought, you know, God was only for them, eventually it gets opened up, the, the list starts to expand to the Gentiles, which are outsiders. And so now all these people are coming in, different races, different backgrounds, different cultures, the children of Israel. Like, and then this statement that is being said here is, no, 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 they, we all, they, they do, however you see this thing, mm, they got home rights, they got access, they got freedom. And the ESV says, so no longer strangers or aliens, um, but your fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You shall be my people and I will be your God. Jeremiah 30, 22 says, I love that. The whole essence of the gospel is this, people with God, people with God. We overcomplicate it all the time. And how do you get in? Believe and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Okay, and what? Mm. So those will be saved that believe and confess, you know, believe in their heart, confess in their mouth that Jesus is Lord. Okay, is there more to do? Well, we can talk about doing, but if we really believe that, like, it, that, that does something. It does something. It really does. And so now we move forward, and we, hopefully you hear, you're not a guest, you're home. There's this picture I drew very prolifically at a retreat in December. Um, come on. It's not prolific. I know it's a bad joke, but uh, we took a team, uh, our staff, we, the leadership team, we went and had this cool home. It was Modern in the Woods, I think it was called. It was this neat place. And we had this identity portion in, in our weekend. And we were really trying to shape us first and then the church second um, and then the mission third, if you will. So who are we? Not what do we do, because when you come together for retreat, what's the first thing? Okay, tactically. Okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to make money? We're going to, you know, business. That's what businesses do. And the church is like, hmm, well, what's people going to reach? What's the trucks we're going to get? Wait, who are we? And so if we get this backwards, what we do, our skill set, our comprehensions, our job titles, et cetera, we think that that's going to make us grow when the truth is we have to separate it from actually being, just who we are, be. Son or a daughter, and as we abide, the word abide there is to receive, as if a home, a home experience, to receive, to be in, to abide, that we're home, we belong here. And as we abide, we then will move towards fruit. It says those that abide with Jesus, in Jesus, we will then bear much fruit. So it starts to change. This is, the world system is exactly opposite. You change, you trade hours for your skill set, and then you get a paycheck. Whatever your skill set and hours are, then you get a paycheck for that amount. And as you trade more hours and as you increase your skill set, there's more 
pay that comes with this. And as you think of what's the price is right for heaven, it's the opposite. Jesus paid everything. Jesus is the endless hours. Jesus, I could never work enough to where he's smiling more, but now I want to, but he gives me parameters of what this feels like, a kingdom mindset, that I'm not bowing to the world and I don't have to just be dictated by a paycheck or the home I have. And, and I can have righteousness in spite of being rejected, that I could be weeping in a prison, but still know that he formed me before I was born. He consecrated me before I was born and he appointed me and I'm going somewhere good. I am. And that's good. And so this is the identity. What is true of us in spite of anything? That's identity. What's true of us in spite of anything? Being rejected. Our forever identity is in Christ. Jesus is our identity. It's beautiful. Now there's a lot of lies that happens. John chapter 8 shows that there's a father of lies. And Jesus talking here to the Pharisees, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. You know, this, this is so many cool conversations. Offline, I just want to sit down and we get in a room. We're like, from the beginning. So what was Satan like? Was Satan, you know, he's a murderer. Did God know that he would betray him from the beginning? I, yeah, probably. What was that like? Who knows? But it's, 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 it's powerful to, to envision this mystery, this truth. From the beginning, it does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. God's the father of truth. Satan's the father of lies, darkness. And if something is 99% true and 1% lie, it's still rejected. So where does Satan work best? Does he work best when you know it's 99% a lie or when you think it's 99% true? Because he disguises himself in this stuff. I mean, he's been... So every day when you feel that discouragement and doubt, disappointment, that you're not enough and you're never going to be good in God's family and you might as well just give up and your family's not getting the report you wish or long for. Your city's not getting changed in the way. You're definitely getting overlooked when it talks to promotions and you don't know what to do and all these things. That, that's Satan talking to us. Yeah. He's always trying to discourage us. Yeah. Does he lie to you? He lies to me. Yeah. He tells me things like the pressure's on, that you have to figure it out. And if you don't figure it out, it's all going to fall apart and your family, and the church. And so you need to be just, it's like in the, the, just the meat butcher house. So he's just like this, I'm just being cut up. He lies and says, because my family's upbringing um, didn't work out that, that maybe those things would carry into my household, that... Uh, that if I don't get done a certain project in a certain time, that people will be disappointed and people won't like me the same way. And if I can't turn everybody's text back, and um, which I love you guys all, and, and he lies to me and says that I need to meet with everybody, and when really there's only one I need to meet with, Jesus withdrew from the crowds. And you can see how these lies just... Every day, I, I, don't, I definitely I don't have new material, so I might as well figure out some 
old material and, and uh, all these things he says all the time. You know, there's this other dad who teaches his kids how to play the violin. You should too. Or this other, you know, if you should see that one kid, he can, he's speaking three languages at nine. Your kid's not. Um, it's, it's silly, but it's just nonstop. It, you know, hey, your other friends, they have this much money in the bank and, and you planted a church, you idiot. You know what I'm saying? Um, like this, and, he, and he's way, he doesn't play fair. Okay, so I gave you the PG version. And so God also doesn't play fair. I like it because he can override. No, he, he, he's willing to. He's ready to shout. He's ready to just dominate. When Christus victor, it's a statement that Jesus is victorious over every false God, every lie, every principality, all the wickedness, the rulers of darkness that try to cloud our judgment, that the father of lies has no place in the house of God. And where is the house of God? Who's the temple? Where's the Holy Spirit live and dwell? Lives and dwells in me. And so what do I need to do? I just need to uh, remind um, the devil where he's going and where he came from and uh, the blood of Jesus Christ and, and, and claim and walk in my identity. And so it's a battle that every day, and so the, the, when you unlock what God says about you and, and you start to intimately go right back to the, oh, I remember when person, if we were to go back in time, here's what, here's what it would look like, I think. We would just, okay, we'd go past all of the shame, all the blame, all the guilt, all the moments when we got insecure, all those feelings we had, and we're getting all the way back to this place of consecration with God. So here we are, before we're even going to be a baby. And then as you fast forward, that we'll be all the way in eternity with God forever, that in these two realities, that God was there from the beginning, the alpha, and he's definitely going to be there in the end, the omega. So who do I want my book? I want, to talk about, I want to talk about the alpha and the omega. And as I let him into these situations, now he starts to give me customized prescription for all the moments and all the lies and all the disappointment, all the wickedness. And then therefore, we're not confused who we are because we know whose we are. And here's how this plays out. This is the Blaze Pizza experience, y'all. <laughs> this is. That you pay one price and you get all the ingredients. Depends on what ingredients you want, what God has put in you. Now, where we get tripped up in this Jesus thing is we think, I need to be like the person over here. I, this is how they read. This is when they get up. That may, 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 may be a good idea for you. It also could be very harmful because now you're trying to live up. The one-year Bible thing? You got any one-year Bible people in the house? Got a couple of them. What up? Word up? And, uh, dude, the one-year Bible was just, uh, and that, please take this in the best way. Read your Bible a lot and often, sometimes one sentence, and others just read like, for hours and hours, okay? But the one-year Bible thing was just atrocious for me. It was, because then by the end of the day, I'm like, I gotta get in, I gotta get in, I gotta get it in. And I'm just like, just, 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 just like, press that button, it's like, yeah, you know, it's like, all right, God. And for real, you know, and it was like a protein shake or something, like looking at how many pro uh, macros I needed in the day. It was sickening for what it was doing to me. Yeah. And when I just stopped and I started receiving and letting God actually tell me when we're beginning and how we're ending and, and really letting him in, I started reading deeper. I started reading wider. I started reading longer. And I started praying through the text. It was an experience. It wasn't just information. It wasn't. And church is meant to be a celebration, but also an experience to activate us to be alive.
alive as people. And as we close, we're going we're gonna to do just an exercise to try to activate this in us. God's been customizing for people a long time. And the, and the lie we believe is we think it was for them then, not for us now. So them then, God spoke to Jeremiah, doesn't mean he's going to speak to me. Well, God chose David. In fact, you know, the Lord says to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or the heights of his stature because I've rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I like that because God's not looking at your facade. He's looking on the inside. So I want to go to the one who looks on the inside today. In fact, he looked at Simon and he said, no, I'm going to name you Peter because Peter means rock. He's unstable. He denies his leader three times in front of everybody. And he had saw more things that you and I sometimes would dream of. He walked on water looking at Jesus. When God called him rock, he doesn't sound like a rock. The only thing, maybe you could joke around, maybe he's calling him rock because he was floating to the bottom, you know. But he was calling him rock because it was Jesus in him. That he would know that he's going to remember the cornerstone. That He's a reminder all the time of God's goodness that the gates of hell will not prevail against Jesus and his church. It won't happen. And Peter had that customized moment. Gideon had that customized moment. He had that Blaze Pizza experience. John the Beloved, you know how he called himself? The one whom he loves. <laughs> Sounds like a customized plan. You can have the Bible here, but, but it's beautiful when you have it translated here for how you talk and how you think, and only the creator who created you can do that. And so we're going to get kind of weird, but it's beautiful. It's not that weird, and it doesn't have to be the way. It's just a way. This is a helpful tool for you, I think, in your life, and I want to read some, my identity statement for this season, um, and we're going to get to write one of these today, like right now. And... The enemy lies a lot, and we, our team did this exercise in December, and I was gone on a retreat two months ago, and it was really neat because the whole retreat was doing this exercise just to the, it was more prolific in some regards, that we, uh, it was an identity statement for the season, an identity statement of reminding who you are, whose you are, specific qualities that God's called you. I feel this temptation to like over-explain it, just kind of for somebody who's super scared, but this, uh, the best way to explain it is you're on top of the magnum and you're about to go down for the first time it was invented. There you go, at Cedar Point. So you forget it. Just throw the religious nonsense out the window and know that God is real and he sent his spirit and we're gonna do greater things than him. And one of the best things that he can do is make you alive. And here's how he makes me alive. And I think this will help you. Sacred Jerome, I love you. My word, my name means sacred. And it's really neat because I'm sacred. I, I am. It says, I love you, need I say more? And the truth is, no, he needs to say nothing more. I believe in you, my first pick son. I don't know about you, but I'm God's favorite. He likes me, number one. He can pick you number one in your story, but he for sure picks me number one. And I'm okay with that. I'm a gamer. The pressure's off with nothing to prove. I own the moment. I bring heaven here now. I'm not waiting for heaven. I bring it here right now. I can't be bought. I already was with a priceless king. And so when, when somebody says, we'll give you $150,000 to start a church in East Lansing, that was a real moment. But, but we'll give you zero to start a church in Lansing. And that doesn't make us cool. It's just, no, nah, we've already been bought. God said, if you want to change things, you do it from the inside out, at least for us. 
Others can do it the other way, but that was our identity. The water is new wine. He did it. I can't. He can. I'm a kid who's always dancing, who mans up at any second. I'm a dreamer. It's all my playground. The healthy me, healthy everything. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is the only song I know. It's the only song I need. Crystal, she's my fortress. We move at her pace. We are one, the perfect duet. Our kids are our land, and we tend to it. Taste and see. They will do more than we dream. I bloom because local is global. Rucker Park is right in front of my face. Just shoot the simple wins. Shout out to Dre there. I won't stop until he makes all things new. I have a trusted team, and we take the city forever free to be forever me. And that, my friends, is the way that God has spoke over years and then customized for me in this season when it doesn't make any sense. And this actually makes the Bible just come alive for me. It's not over the Bible. It's not on par with the Bible. It just is the customized pizza for me today. And so as we close here, we're going to ask God this bold question. God, who am I? In a good framework, here's how you could do this. Royal position is first, well, you, I am a son and a daughter whom he loves. You just write that down like I am loved by God. You need to say it with your own words. It's easy to give an identity statement to somebody else. Our team was really good at this. You can really find out confidence level. And it's not like humility. Sometimes it's false humility. We're like, what'd you say about yourself? I don't know. I'm still da 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 you, what do you say about so-and-so? Man, you're filled with the fire of God. You're eliminated. He's like, oh, so you recognize God in them, but you don't recognize the God in you. We do this all the time. Society is shamming us. And we are sons and daughters of the king. Qualities. What has God put inside of me? There's certain things he's put inside of me. I'm a little bolder than some people externally, right? Bloom. What is right in front of me? What is in front of you? People are praying for the family they don't have when they have a family right in front of them. Gives you different insight. Vision, what are the dreams I see? And then lastly, the promise. We won't stop until he makes all things new. Something reminding us about the great heavenly home. And will you play the music? It'd be cool. Create the mood. And uh, I'm going to read you. I didn't know this until I got sent a text in between services. And uh, so Ashley sends Crystal and I this text, and it's Jerome Cyrus's identity statement at last service. And Jerome Cyrus is our oldest son, and he, not all of our kids were in service, so I'm sure they would all would have done it. This isn't just to highlight him, but we do have his here. And it was really neat because he did this unprompted. We didn't say, hey, and he wrote, I am Jerome, the great son whom he loves. I'm like, whoa, yeah. I love people around me. I'm smart, my fr- and I have friends and family. I see that you are making something greater than I can think, and I won't stop until he makes all things new. And he wrote this. Didn't Jesus say to receive the kingdom like a child? Father, as we write down what you want to say to us today, I pray we go back to that place before we were even defined as kids on this planet and we, we hear the words from heaven saying, hey, I knew you, I formed you, I consecrated you, I made you. Uh, don't wear any of the label that the world wants to lay it to you. God made you generous. God made you a lover. God made you a forgiver. And 
There's things and qualities in you that no one else has, that you're a listener and you're a prolific learner. Whatever the, the qualities that he's given to you, I pray today that they would come to the surface, that you would hear heaven speak to you. I pray that he would give you new insight and, and even language that you could say for the season you're in, for what's in front of your face. Verbiage that for your family, verbiage for your job, that he'd give you language. God, I pray that you would give people vision, that they would hear ideas and get phrases for the vision that you're calling them to. And God, I pray that you'll remind us all that, that there is a glorious end, there's a grand finale. We will celebrate forever. Holy Spirit, today, work in a way that only you can to speak to your kids, speak to us right now. In Jesus, we pray. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city, one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.